DK Metcalf, and you're listening to Roster Watch. back to the epic roster watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com my name is alex dunlap here with byron lambert and today's a big day on the podcast because version 1.0 of the epic the magical the mystical the mythical roster watch cheat sheet uh, for ppr leagues is live on the site and being tested as we speak it's early this year but fuck it we've wanted to get it out and get it up People were already interested in seeing how our uh, redraft thoughts were shaping up. And so the PPR cheat sheet is now up and being tested. We have version 1.0. Byron, I'm excited about it. How the hell are you doing? Doing great, man. One of my favorite times of the year. I love running mocks. Yeah, man. A couple of these mocks that I've done so far using the cheat sheet have turned out really awesome. But I guess for the format of the show today, Byron uh, got V1.0 in his hands last night. Um, got online, started running some mock drafts, and he's just going to kind of go over with me as the architect of the PPR cheat, some of his thoughts, some of the, I don't know, just do you want to explain sort of what you're going to talk to me about here, Byron? You probably have a better grip on it than I do. I was thinking about that, but you just explained it perfectly. There's not much I could say. I mean, basically, I've run my first few mocks using version 1.0 of the Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet, the the PPR version of the Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet, available to our pro subscribers at Rosterwatch. And uh, I came away with a whole bunch of observations. And, and look, we've been doing this for a long time. So I know that at this juncture in the calendar uh, in, in the year, that ADPs, you know, wild, var- you know, they, they vary wildly. And there's, they're going to tighten and change drastically from here on out. A lot of the arbitrage that can be had at this point will disappear come later in the season. And then the sheet was a living breathing uh, document that'll just ebb and flow and always create value uh, based on what the market's doing. Like Alex says, it's leverage. It's like magic. It's just, it, it wor- it's very natural the way it works. It's just leverage against ADP and it, it, it's almost inherent to the sheet. It's, it's, indes- it's truly indestructible. Um, you know, so I keep that in mind when I run these early mocks that a lot of this is going to change um as people um, wise up and it's yeah exactly and and you get more good opinions into you get more good opinions out there into the space and people start listening to the other highly respected analysts that we like to you know associate with and and talk to our boy james kenny here in the youtube chat saying magic and mysticism is on the agenda it certainly is today magic magical mystery uh, on the agenda as we as we unveil our, our initial thoughts about the, the really the skeleton of V1.0. And, and Byron brought up some really good points there that you know, this thing changes. It, it changes so much um, throughout the course of the, throughout the course of the summer and throughout the course of the, of the off season. But you know, some of the players that we're able to get right now, there's a bunch of, a bunch of interesting players that I find continue to keep following to me. I'll, I'll be interested to hear 
what Byron thinks. It looks like we have a it looks like we have a keeper PPR question. Do you want to just answer this before we get into it? Uh, sure. Might as well. Daniel Schaffer is asking um, PPR question. So uh, keep Saquon for his first round. Do you, um, well, I do you, do you, do you know where you're picking yet in this draft? Will be my question, Daniel. If you could answer real quickly in chat, that'll help with the answer we'll have. But so Saquon in the first. Tyreek in the third, Derrick Henry in the fourth, Cortland Sutton in the 12th, or DJ Chark in the, in the last round. So I guess what, round 16? Um, That's an easy I, one, I, right? What do you say? I don't know if it's as easy. I don't know if I think it's as easy as you do. Is, is mean, it Derrick Henry in the fourth round? I mean, that's a slam dunk, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that if he was picking like 12 or something, I, I could entertain the idea of Saquon Barkley. And then get Saquon Barkley right. So he's saying it's randomized. He's not going to know until right before the draft. So yeah, I, I, I in that, uh, what if he got picked twelve? Would you maybe think about Saquon? Yeah, I, I certainly would think of it. Would be down to those two players. So if you if, if you get picked eleven or twelve, you can think about Saquon if you really love him. But I think that Derrick Henry, and in that scenario, that would mean Derrick Henry would be your four point zero one. Um which makes that, you know, so clearly if you have a pick at the, at the beginning of the first round, you're not going to want to take Saquon because that's about his current value. And you're getting even extra value there on Derrick Henry, because it'll be the end of the fourth, whenever you make that pick. And he may have to decide before that randomized draft order is revealed. So you got to figure that he's probably got somewhere between a 18 and 50% chance of landing a, a late enough pick in round one that you would really begin to strongly, I just stick with Derrick Henry. I stick with yeah. Derrick Henry. I think it's the best. I think it's the best. Part. You know, so the other thing that sticks out, Alex, before I dive into these observations is, you know, I keep in mind that when designing the cheat sheet, a lot of the slotting, a lot of the architecture has to do with, with ADP, you know, ADP forces your hand on some of these decisions. So, you know, I don't. I, I'm not going to excoriate you or nitpick too much here, but let's just dive right in. Uh, my observations from the first few Sorry. mock drafts that I've run using version 1.0 of the Epic PPR Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet at RosterWatch.com. So, overall impressions, Alex. Love the players I got. Love that the sheet is still forcing me to wait on quarterback. Um, my teams ended up running back heavy, but that was mostly because the mid-round value on wide receiver absolutely stinks at this point on the calendar based on current ADPs. Uh, I think ultimately uh, for the foreseeable futures until ADPs tighten back up, probably going to have to move all running backs, James Conner and below down a hair. Well, while not moving all the wide receivers up necessarily, because that's kind of a main vein that runs through. Uh, it doesn't stop. The, the center of the sheet. Yeah. So, so what that will force is us to strategically move up some very targeted and specific wide receivers uh, in, for the foreseeable futures until ADPs readjust, which ultimately they will. I wouldn't mind maybe a little bit better crack at some of the tier two quarterbacks uh in my mocks and also would not hate at least a little tiny bit of exposure 
to Patrick Mahomes, given the running back depth that uh, is available to us, quality running back depth that's available to us in the middle rounds of these mocks uh, versus ADP currently, Alex. Well, right, well so um, let me just let me just address your initial philosophical thoughts because because those these are these are the, the, the same thoughts that I've been having. And to be completely honest, when we talk about that, when we talk about that tier, the James Conner and down, I James Conner needs to come down from where he is because I'm getting James Conner in a ton of these simulations. He's a guy who, like, I, I didn't know if you got him in any of your mocks. But did, did you get a bunch of James Conner? It feels like I'm getting a lot of him. Yeah, I saw and, a high and, frequency of James Conner. Yeah, but the reason why is you can get him in the fifth round. You know, starts to feel starts to feel kind of interesting. But you know, a lot of James Conner, a good bit of Cam Akers. So it feels like yeah, maybe that range right there they can come down. But man, it's just if you look at their if you look at these guys' ADPs and and, and best ball. And just and if you were to set, set the sheet up just by ADP alone, which we know you can't do with the cheat sheet, one because it, it, it robs it of its magical mystery. That isn't that isn't what it is. This sheet is leveraged against ADP. But the other reason is we have roster construction to take into account. Now we want these teams to be balanced. We we want to have a, a good stable of running backs, a good stable of wide receivers. We want to hopefully wait and get a good quarterback. We want to you know if we take a tight end at you know. At any high point in the draft, we want to be able to take that tight end at extreme value and have other value tight ends, uh, you know, lined out on the sheets where you're sort of forced into taking them a little bit later in the draft, but definitely pointed in the way to the guys that we think could break out. Right. This this is also goes into the architecture of, of the sheet. As I was as I was addressing the first part of that, as far as making sure that the rosters were balanced correctly, right? Just for the course of basically 14 rounds in what most people draft people, they draft kicker and defense, right? Uh, in 12 team leagues, I, I had to move all the running backs down precipitously from what they, from what they had been before on the previous um, uh, best ball cheat sheet. But I do understand the, the need to maybe get this tier of um, James Conner, uh, David Johnson and Cam Akers too. I'm, I'm getting a lot of Cam Akers. That feels good. It feels good to get a lot of Cam Akers in round seven, I think. Right. But um, it's just, whenever you begin to move them down, it's like, golly. I mean, do we really like, if you had a choice between guys like James Connor and, you know, Stefan Diggs or something like that, aren't you still taking James Connor? No, it depends. Not necessarily, and it just depends on the construction of my roster at the top. And I, I, I was, I, you know, I, I since you're kind of taking a deep dive down this down this uh, avenue, Alex. I mean, I might as well go ahead and get to it in this same range of running backs. Uh, I was seeing quite a bit of exposure to Marlon Mack, Damian Williams, and even Darius Geis, as well as Mostert, Raheem Mostert, and Tevin Coleman. So. Hmm. Uh, it struck me that from Connor all the way down to those guys, there's some, my look in a vacuum. I like those players better than all the, almost all the wide receivers are available. It's just, it's, yeah. just, it's just, it's, it's, it's the way these things go. Right. I so yeah. I, yeah, I wondered if, are we a little too high on Marlon Mack or are we a little too high on? Daniel I don't want to be, fuck man. I don't want to be high on either of these assholes. I, I fucking hate them both. Just let me see. 
Marlon Mack we have is Mar- – I mean, we running back 30? Yeah, a, a, a mid a middling running back three. I think Marlon Mack's probably a middling running back three in PPR. You don't think so? Do you think he's completely evaporated by? Let me know what you think. Is he, is, is he completely well, evaporated by by Jonathan Taylor? It doesn't look like the market currently thinks so. And so by having him at that slot, it's just resulting in a lot of exposure for us. I mean, okay. So Marlon at least Mack. From what I've get, seen. So and, but, and, 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 and and you've been getting Damian Williams. A lot of Damian Williams. Have you been using any of the Yahoo? Have we pulling in any of the Yahoo ADP stuff? No, I just did versus the experts uh, rankings oh, and the ECR fantasy pros and everything that that pulls in. Yep. I I, th- I think if you just add, I think if you add in the Yahoo PPR ADP, you I don't think you would be getting much Damian Williams. I'm not getting Damian Williams in any simulations that I've run, but I'll certainly keep an eye out look for at, that. Look at where he's at on the sheet. Yeah, running back in 32. Do you like him with those guys? I mean, I guess that's maybe that's the right group, I suppose. Like, well, but, I mean, the, the, that, that, this, this tier right here, I mean, we can, we can talk about this tier all day. Um, DeAndre Swift, Marlon Mack, David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Darius Geis, Carry on Johnson, Kareem Hunt. Personally, I like Kareem Hunt best out of that whole goddamn tier. I, I, I think, right? Maybe I Darius guys. Like, I think but, I like filling up on those guys later. If maybe I've gone wide receiver earlier, but the problem is there's so many questions about wide receiver earlier. There's just so much incentive to kind of you keep you know the running backs. There's so much tilt towards the running backs. You know, for this first half of the draft, it just. It makes it a difficult situation. The value's not there, but it begins to force your hand in order to balance your roster. I think what it potentially means, too, is that you've just got to fill up on wide receiver late. If you're going to exercise this strategy, I, it's fine. There's a ton of ton of good running backs you'd love to have on your roster, and some of them are going to be pop, and some of them are going to be uh, astronomical, earn astronomical trade value throughout the season. So from that perspective, I like it. I just think the other answer here then might be forcing – to fill up on wide receiver, you know, in those late middle rounds uh, as a way to kind of fortify uh, what's going on there. And then I saw some dairy, a decent amount of Darius guys too, Alex, and I'm not against that. I think it's an interesting pick. Uh, that's a guy that generally we would have been pretty bullish about heading into this season. I think the Antonio Gibson thing is maybe taken a little bit of sheen off here, but in terms of kind of like middle round running backs, that's the group that I was you seeing a high guys, frequency like, on seven. We 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 getting him at all before the late seven. Darius guys didn't price tend to go into a late like the seventh eighth turn. I mean, I, I was like I was I was filling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad value. I'm just saying I was filling up on running backs all the way from like mid rounds to like late mid rounds. That's just what was becoming available to me. All players I like at value. It's not any nitpick there. Just terms in kind of construction. What that was leaving me with, and you know, it is a lot. There's a lot of questionable guys you're drafting there. I mean, you know, maybe we maybe we really hone in on a couple of them. Uh, we'll, we'll see. That's that just going to be sense. a. That's going to yeah. be a. It's going to be a. Um, oh, you know, it's always it's a work in work progress. progress. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, let me let me kind of rewind here a little bit, Alex, towards the top of the sheet. Uh, I do see a little bit of value at the top of the sheet because Saquon Barkley is going to be my number one player this year. It looks like you're going to be able to get him at number two, you know, maybe number three this season. 
That's an interesting thing to say. Just Can, can you talk about that, why, why you're going to have Saquon over McCaffrey? Well, I'm not living in the past. I'm looking ahead. So if you're trying to run it back with McCaffrey, maybe it'll work. But I, I'm trying to predict the future, uh, not run back the past. And so, I mean, it's pretty much a two-horse race, right? So I feel like Saquon is in a good spot for a bounce back year after the injury hindered him and you know rookie quarterback play I think Daniel Jones is going to be good this year Jason Garrett is a coach who has adopted you know he adopted the Michael Jordan rule rule for Zeke Elliott so we'll see what kind of influence he has there and I see the Giants with as a team with you know an offensive line that's also still improving so year two Daniel Jones uh, a bounce back Saquon Barkley uh, and I just don't. Barkley's not a guy who gets game scripted out either. So if the Giants are in a bind, a this real, year, a real, a, you know, real, real difference makers recently on the offensive line. Uh, yeah, it makes and, sense. And I'm not sure they even have. I, obviously, McCaffrey doesn't have any backups that you really sweat either. But uh, and the division too. The division is is uh, the division too. Is it? He's gonna. He's, we haven't made our strength of schedule tool yet. That'll be fun to do whenever we start getting that ready. But. I'll bet you he has an easier strength of schedule just because you know that you know that Christian McCaffrey's gonna have to go to go go play the Tampa Bay run defense twice. That was the only thing that thwarted him last season. Remember uh, his worst game of the year versus Tampa Bay, and if I remember correctly, the, uh, his other um, he had another really bad output game with them with from everything except for the touchdowns that really saved his bacon and the, and the other Tampa Bay game. So I think one of those games was actually in uh, in London, but. Regardless, uh, I, I think that kind of makes sense about Barkley. For me, it's just, you know, dancing with Hubrongi and CMC, it's just, uh, he was on a different level last year. I, you do, you know, it's been a change of coaching staff, a change of quarterback. Um, so, I mean, there are concerns yeah. that Rule's not going to run the wheels off with McCaffrey like Rivera did. Now, they haven't done a lot to. What's funny, man, because it's fucked up because, really like, because you see smart, co- smart coach, like, we think smart coaches like Sean McVay. You pay Todd Gurley all this goddamn money, and then you don't, and then you don't use him. You know, it's like it's like you go out and buy your new sports car. You know how this is, Byron. You, I mean, you do you like to hear him growl? You like to hear him purr, man? But you kind of like to keep that kitty in the garage a little bit too. You really do. You want to? <laughs> you, you, you almost you um, you're almost uh, remorseful when you use it, but then right, just, right, right. It's yeah. begging for you to smash when you get in it. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, um okay. I think I think we are beginning to I think we are beginning to see the early indications of a slide with Miles Sanders due to the incoming Carlos Hyde news this last day or two. Shouldn't we have expected said, something like this? We've said it from the beginning, you know. Probably so. Right. I mean, there weren't that many desirable options left on the market, but Hyde is the guy that you're that's the big bullet you're really nervous about. If you're a Miles Sanders guy right now, that that would really muddle things. So I think we're seeing the early beginnings of a. You know, do, you think Clyde Edwards, do, you, do you think Clyde Edwards Hilaire should be ahead of Miles Sanders on the sheet, given the Carlos Hyde stuff? Not yet. OK, that's fair. That's fine. But they may be converging. AD, well, their, their ADPs are going to converge. And when they the only reason I have Miles Sanders ahead of him right now is because the ADPs are seven or set or seven slots off. If they converge and they get down to like three or four, I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip those those two players. I love where Cooper Cup is on this sheet, but I do think Tyler Lockett needs to be moved up 
at least a few spots, maybe several spots. Okay, well, let's talk about it because basically I get Debo Samuel in every draft, and I'm not sure how much I like that. I talked to Trashman about this. Trashman had him as, as one of his number one players to fade next year. Do you agree with that? And um, do you not? I just, every time I do one of these simulations, I feel really happy about getting Debo Samuel as my wide receiver, too. It feels like that's, we're getting him a lot. We're getting a lot of DJ Chark in that spot, too, if he's available. Do you like, I mean, do you like Tyler Lockett better than Debo Samuel and DJ Chark? Do you like him better than Devontae Parker? Probably so. Probably better than all of, all three of those guys. Now, I'm not, I don't see Debo as a player to fade. I just would see him more as a wide receiver three. To your point, I, I did notice we we're getting quite a bit of exposure to Debo Samuel. So I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily only talking about moving Tyler lock up at lock it up at Debo's expense, but Lockett definitely has some upward mobility on the sheet. All right. So I'm going to, I'm not going to get him ahead of Devonte Parker just yet, but I'll get him ahead of uh, DJ Chark. And while I'm at it, you talked about Mahomes a little bit earlier. I'll get Mahomes up to where, I mean, if, if you're looking to where you're having to choose like Cortland Sutton or something like that, I, I would feel sicker picking Patrick Mahomes in that spot. Well, wouldn't you? And that, Yes, and that dovetails perfectly into my next observation, which is as much as I love him, I think we're a little bit high on Cortland Sutton, Alex, and at the same time, we're a little bit low on DK Metcalf. Metcalf okay. has to come up. Okay. Okay. Um, so, Met, do you? So you want to move up both the Seattle wide receivers? Yep. <laughs> and those that are, those are the guys, man. Those are the guys. Those are the guys. There's plenty to go around. Their mid-round values are both very good. They might not deliver every single week, but okay. those guys let's are going to have some big, look, big let's, weeks. Let me, just, let me just look and see. So let me just look and see. So let, I believe I had uh, – all right. So I if – if Corlin Sutton is too high, which – like – we're going to have to decide then who we want to target here through this range of, of, of these types of players, Byron. Because if we're moving this James Conner tier down, and you guys go to rosterwatch.com, you can download the sheet, and you can look at what we're saying here as we're, you know, you can maybe more easily visualize what we're talking about. But I feel like even if you're not a pro member at Rosterwatch, you don't have this sheet, or maybe if you're just driving, I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you a little visual representation here. That, the, the, the sheet's a visual tool that helps you navigate ADPs and helps you to always take the best value, right? And so sometimes little tiers and groups have to slide, and you want to take the player who's highest up on the sheet, right? And that's how all this manipulation works on our side. If 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 you're saying that the James Conner area needs to come down, right? Inevitably, that means you want to target wide receivers here through this tier, starting at about Adam Thielen and Cortland Sutton, where we currently have them, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we're talking guys like Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Robert Woods, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, maybe ending with Stephon Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, and Terry, Terry McLaurin. Who within that group of wide receivers gets you super excited in your, in your little robot pants? <laughs> well, the guys that need to go up, the guys that I see value on the wide receivers I would pursue at this juncture of the draft, like I said, would be both Seattle wide receivers. I'd give Robert Woods a bump. 
I would certainly give Terry McLaurin a bump. And I understand I understand the reservations about Stefan Diggs, but I believe he would deserve a bump as well. I just Stefan Diggs right now, I have I have priced in as a what pick fifty around pick fit either pick between you can choose between him at pick fifty five and pick fifty six, which would make him what is it, pick sixty gets you through the fifth round. We're talking about pick five point zero seven. 5.06 or 5.07. You like Stefan Diggs there more than guys like um, you like him. You like him more than Calvin Ridley and Debo Samuel. Uh, I like Stefan Diggs more than Calvin I'm not Ridley. Sure. I'm not sure I do. Well, Calvin I Ridley was a sneaky I... winner. It was a sort of a sneaky winner. You know how much I loved Ridley last year. Uh, And I think it is a big winner. I mean, you're right. He's a sneaky. I like Ridley a lot. It worried me a little bit at the combine that Dimitrov. I've quit quit listening to what the hell that guy's. The only thing I listen to him about is is, is, is what product he uses to style his hair. What I'm saying is it's I like all those guys. I think you're going to be forced to look at all those wide receivers over all those running backs because you're going to end up taking – Running backs early. You're gonna. That's a whole. That's a whole interesting crop. I mean, I like Diggs. I like Metcalf. I like Ridley. I like Woods. I like so. What, so basically, I what like it is, Lauren. And what they are right now is they. They're based. There've been a couple of prefer. There've been. There's been preferential treatment and leverage versus ADP that has occurred with DJ Shark as is right now with DJ Shark with Debo Samuel with Calvin Ridley to some degree with Terry McLaurin that's been upward, right? There's been downward pre- there's been downward pressure asserted by me, the, the architect of this sheet, on Stefan Diggs, on um, maybe to some degree on Robert Woods, uh, which maybe that's dumb for some reason. I'm yeah, just that, that's I'm, a, I'm, that's I'm, a bad move. I'm a lot I'm a lot higher on I'm a lot higher on Cooper Cup. Just like the Seattle guys, we want to crack it. We want a chance to have a little bit of value on both those ramps. All right. I think he's going to end up getting us a lot. I just, okay. If if Robert Woods comes up, Cooper Cup necessarily needs to come down because we're going to end up with a lot. We're going to end, okay. We're going to end up with a whole lot of it. Uh, Let's see. Sapper Stud St. Diggs is going to target. I'll target all those wide receivers except for Terry McLaurin. I just, I, I don't know, Sapper Stud. Like, I just, I wonder if that can, that'll continue to be a low volume attack there in, in Buffalo. I know he is the presumptive, you know, presumptive number one option there. So, Alex, I thought Thielen was a sneaky guy at the top of the tier. So, I, I don't hate that you threw him in that group. I'd be curious, did you put down any downward pressure on Keenan Allen? Because I'm yes, as much of a yes. golden son as he is. I can't, yes. I'm not sure I can get behind Keenan Allen too much. No, neither can I, neither can I, but the ADPs, man, like, let me just see if I can pull, pull up. So the last time I pulled ADPs was right before I put this thing out. And it was the ADPs on um, the, the, the consensus ADPs, right? So across what's available right now, there's like Yahoo, there's Best Ball Tens, there is uh, there's the uh, the uh, what's it called the I can't even think of the think of the, the other mock draft site. I can't I, I can't even think of the name. There's the Fantasy Pros ECRs, the Fantasy Pros Mock Draft Simulator. Um, so with 
Keenan Allen, he has an ADP right now around number 49, which is kind of at the end of that tier. I mean, he could he could stand it. He could stand to come down. I mean, to be honest, you know what probably needs to happen here now that I'm thinking about it? Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett should probably be, if not right next to Keenan Allen, possibly a little, maybe even above Keenan Allen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I'm, not, I'm really not interested in any – Chargers, Chargers receiver. Maybe you could make the argument with a guy like Tyrod. I like uh, Mike Williams, a little bit of less of a precision target, just a high value target guy. But I can't get bullish really on any of those Chargers. But it isn't. It isn't. Bull, it isn't bullish on Keenan Allen. I don't think to ha- to have him just basically where his current ADP is, which is you know middle middle fourth round. But I don't want him. I don't want him. So it's, it's like, like dead money. Like if you know, like there's a hand, like when you've got pot odds, but you know, it's dead money, you still shouldn't play. Right. And I'm not, that's not the exact situation with Keenan Allen, but you know, I think that's the strategy we might have to adopt at least given current ADPs in order to have more exposure to those other wide receivers that we want. All right. So, all right. So let me ask you this. So Adam Thielen goes off the board, right? Because I don't consider Adam Thielen and Allen Robinson in the same tier as some of these mid-round guys that you're talking about, basically this corridor of wide receivers that it's looking like in the round rounds four and five that we're going to be pushing people, at least with the structure of the sheet right now, to be getting because it's unlikely that you're going to be getting using the sheet right now. Michael Thomas, maybe you get Devontae Adams, maybe there's a chance you get Tyreek Hill. I doubt anybody's going to get DeAndre Hopkins. I'm getting very little Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. Sometimes I'm getting some Mike Evans. Right. But very running back heavy at the very top. So if that's the case, the way we build the sheet, we, we you know, it's the, the, the sheet's guaranteed and it's magic for a reason. It's because we sit here and we fucking think about these things. Right. Like, we, like we, we, we do this shit for four months before anybody's ever thinking about their redraft leads. And if we're identifying this sort of tier here, I don't consider Alan Robinson in that tier especially with what's basically guaranteed to be improved quarterback play this year. If my, if Mr. Trubisky doesn't improve, he's going to be out of a job and Nick Foles is in there and Ryan Pace should be out of a job, but that's a whole other conversation. Adam Thielen, no Stephon Diggs. I know Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is coming in, but you know, talk about a guy that should be set up for just the most targets, you know, of his, of, you know, at least starting out the season the most projected targets basically to this point in, in, in his career, just because of how many targets have been vacated. Um, Juju, I don't consider him in that tier either. I consider him a, a little bit above. Those are all guys that I'll be considering at the same time, I'm considering taking a, a pretty valuable running back, like a Chris Carson or a Le'Veon Bell, right? Now, once we get down below that sort of mini tier of running back, you're saying move down the James Connors, the David Johnsons, the Cam Akers, the Raheem Mosterds, et cetera, and leave this a, a wide open uh, runway of these wide receivers that we're, we're, we're going to be choosing between. And I, and, and I like that. I, I do like that. But whenever we do, we, just, we, need to, we need to, I guess we need to figure out what the bottom is, right, for, for – and 
whenever you talk about moving down the James Connors of the world, do you also consider moving down the Jonathan Taylors and the Devin Singletary's? Or do you I, consider that I, to be a sub tier? I, I chose James Conner purposefully just because that's where my exposure was coming in the mock drafts. I get that they're on the same tier relatively in the sheet, but that seemed okay. to be kind of the breaking point in that's my fair. mock drafts. Okay. So I'm not okay. really worried about touching those other guys. From what I've seen, um, okay, so whenever you, whenever you, we're getting a ton of Keyshawn Vaughn and J.K. Dobbins too. So I need to make a note there. We'll get those guys down. But another guy we need to get down, and that's Keyshawn Vaughn and J.K. Dobbins' room is also C.D. Lamb because I'm getting too much of him. Um, so as as we talk this over, James Conner, where where it is. If we're taking that James Conner tier under Singletary, how far down the running back list does he does he go to start te- just to start testing? Because clearly we're not going to know until we test. But where would you put him just to try it? Mm. Like James Conner or Terry McLaurin? James McLaurin's going to move I up. Had, I had a note here that I thought we were about at least one round high on or approximately one round high on Raheem Mostert. So where was he relative to Connor? Right below. below. So, I mean, I think you're, you're approximately around, I think we're approximately around high on those guys, half around, around, maybe, maybe more. There's no way. Three quarters quarters of three quarters of a round. Okay. What are some other general overall thoughts? I think I have some enough structural issues to last me a goddamn day. By the time people are hearing this, they might already have version of 1.1 up on the on the on the site. But uh, other Alex, other love, broad thoughts. I love the point you made that we don't want to do any of this at the expense of Chris Carson or Le'Veon Bell. That's an important note. Uh, those are two guys we need to be really interested in. I, I, I like them both for different reasons, especially Carson out of the gate. Uh, you can make the argument for both. So you, I, I really like that you've got that in mind when you're uh, designing the sheet here. Okay, next. I this is, a, this is a small nitpick because they're basically back-to-back on the sheet, and this will probably be a little bit of a controversial take. But personally, I'm probably taking David Montgomery over DeAndre Swift. Um, we already talked about getting – that's fine. Marlon Mack needs to come down a little bit. I don't. I don't want too much David Montgomery, but I also don't want to. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to complete. I don't want to be completely blanked on the guy. Um, Having priced in right now at the what pick seventy six. So we're talking at the end of round. Um, at the end of round six is pick seventy. We didn't get the lock on 300 touches that I was demanding from Nagy at the NFL Combine, but I like what they've done with the offensive line. You (laughs) like the idea of Nick Foles maybe getting in there. The other running backs suck on the roster. The Bears faithful think that Tariq Cohen is a terrible offensive player. So, look, this is what they drafted him for. I'm not going to get over my skis on it, but I also saw that there's there's some opportunity to get Kerryon Johnson in these mocks a little bit later too. So maybe that's a good way to – you know, if you know you can get carry on later, if you want some exposure to that Lions backfield, it, it, it's a nitpick. It's a nitpick. That was my personal observation. I'd probably go David Montgomery over DeAndre Swift. Already mentioned Terry McLaurin. The other guy I, a little bit below him that needs to go up, may need to go way up, Alex, is Hollywood Marquise Brown. Oh, dude, I, you're right. 
Yeah. Why? Why? You you tell me why, because he was somebody who I wanted to make a note to get up a little bit because I wasn't getting any of him. And I just I didn't have a note in here. So I'm glad you brought him up. But tell me why you have all. I mean, he was far less than full speed in his rookie season. And we just get further development of him and the chemistry with Lamar Jackson and this offense. Lamar Jackson still is a you know, somewhat burgeoning passer and it's just he's got nuclear upside i mean i want marquise hollywood brown as a nuclear wide receiver three option in my lineups whenever they drafted marquise brown they asked him they asked lamar jackson who do you want we're gonna give you whoever you want lamar jackson said either give me marquise brown this year or give me jerry judy next year and they said you know what we're gonna give you marquise brown we're giving to you right now if lamar jackson wants Hollywood Brown on his team. One of the sicker prospects and faster prospects, a guy who was hurt all last year, a guy who was a rookie in his second year. We want, and we, we want everything tied to the Lamar Jackson offense. Don't we, we, we want it all. Why are we not talking about his handpicked weapon of choice and a nuclear weapon on that in Hollywood Marquise Brown? 